This is Getting a Foot in the Door, a podcast for Loyola University Chicago School of Communication Advertising students. I'm Bob Akers, Professional in Residence Professor for Loyola's Creative Ad Major. Our guests for episodes of this podcast include senior advertising agency professionals, as well as former Loyola students who now have their foot in the door, all of whom will talk about their experiences landing a job, the work they're doing now, and insights about the ad agency world. My guest for this episode is Taylor Steidjohar. Taylor is the Senior Creative Recruiter at DDB in Chicago, where she also co-plans and organizes the Summer Internship Program. Prior to working at DDB, Taylor was the Senior Creative Recruiter at FCB in Chicago. Let's get started. Uh, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. So tell me about getting started in the business. Yeah, so I kind of had a roundabout way of getting into creative recruiting. I actually started in technology recruiting. I worked at a staffing firm. And um, it was a great experience. We had a lot of great training. But I found after a year and a half of recruiting iOS developers, which were really big at the time, and QAs and BAs and technical PMs that I, it was hard for me to connect with those people because I didn't understand that brain that is just mm. coding and, you know, looking at um, quality assurance and developing apps. It was really cool, um, but... Yeah, so I, I spent a year and a half doing that, and then I actually had a creative staffing agency find me on LinkedIn, and they reached out, interviewed for the opportunity, and I started working there. I spent almost three and a half years learning about advertising and recruiting for any type of position that you would find in an advertising agency, from account management to strategy, media, creative, production. It was a really great experience and I had a really great mentor. And then after that, I ended up going in-house to an agency. I had a client at the time that I placed a few creatives with and um, reached out to her on the side and had said, hey, do you have anything open where I could be an in-house recruiter? And uh, timing worked out. And that was at? FCB. Mm-hmm. And I currently work at DDB Chicago, where I will have been there for two years this upcoming February. How long were you at F uh, FCB? A little over a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so, are are you do you're a recruiter now for just creatives? Strategy for for what range? Just creative. Just creative. So I recruit from intern level through GCD, and I co-run our our internship program. Tell me about that. When does it start and what do you look for? So our internship program, specifically for the summer session, that runs from June through August. Uh, so depending on the date, beginning of June through mid to end of August, it will end up being about 12 weeks for the summer session. And I look specifically for art directors, copywriters, and designers. And for that, there's a few different things that I will look for in candidates. Um, of course, you have to have a portfolio to be considered 
for a creative internship. And um, do you want me to dive yeah, into sure. the portfolio? Absolutely. Okay. So a few things when I'm looking at a portfolio for entry-level candidates. Um, to start off with, just making sure that it is put together very well. It's easy to navigate. There aren't any grammatical or spelling errors, which... Um, yeah, <laughs> annoy <I know>. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, and I see I'll them check. in class, and it's like, come on, you gotta yes. clean that up. Yes. So, um, making sure that just aesthetically and grammatically is sound. Um, I also like to see in there an about me page, just to learn a little bit more about you as a person, maybe why you're interested in advertising. Um, what other hobbies you might have outside of advertising. And it can be anything. You don't have to have, you know, um, sculpture experience or painting experience. It doesn't have to be specifically related to creative, just anything that you like to do so I can learn a little bit more about you. Um, so those are some of the basics that will keep me on somebody's page. And then if I look more specifically at campaigns, um, I'm looking for good ideas. I I'm looking for more than just a print ad or an out of home. I'm looking for more of a well thought out campaign. And normally, if it will be on a brand that is well known, it helps. Um, j just in the sense of that you don't have to have as much of a description to try to explain what the campaign is for. I think that's a little bit easy at the entry level. Okay, but when you say well-known, not necessarily something that has had good work, for example, like Nike, yep. but something that is a product that you don't have to have somebody explain, wait a minute, what is this? Yes. I don't get it. What? Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, I've, n I've never heard of this very niche specific product and you have to give me a paragraph to explain what it is. And now I don't even know what the campaign is about. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently gave some of my portfolio students Twinkies, for example. Okay, you know great. Twinkies, yes. right? And I don't know if you're familiar with Outward Bound. Um, nope. But it's a it's a program for people to go out and do adventure and learn for two weeks a week whatever it is yeah and so but that that doesn't take a lot of explanation not but, at all if yeah. you can explain it in a sentence awesome if you need more than that then it's not a good idea or you shouldn't be trying to create a campaign around said subject yeah i i really stress to my students to um to first come up with the direction uh, and, and be able to, the elevator story, be mm -hmm. able to explain that in a sentence or two. And I find that if you can't get that right, then there's something wrong with your idea. Mm -hmm. So get that right first and then go to the work. And they, they still struggle with that s to some degree, but, yep. but that is something that you look for. Absolutely. And that's funny you bring that up, Bob, because that's actually something that one of our GCDs does with her creatives is she said, if you can't make it a headline or if it's not PR worthy then it's not a good idea so if you can't sum it up in one sentence or one headline then don't keep working on it and I think that's a great exercise for any creative at any level to start with that PR mind or that headline um, and then kind of dive in 
to the idea. Yeah, everybody wants to dive into the ideas first. Hey, I got an idea. Uh, You know, the example that I give in class is, uh, to get them to understand that, is it's like pitching a movie. If you say, here's my idea for the movie, snakes on a plane. (laughs) Okay, I don't need to know (laughs) anything else. I got the movie. I may not like it. But I understand you it. it, you know. Yeah. I get it, and uh, so I, I really stress that to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, in, in the particulars of a portfolio, um, okay. So I've got something like whatever X product. Mm-hmm. What do you like to see? I know it's a f- full campaign, but give me examples of what that should be. Absolutely. Um, so when we talk about the, disc- I'll start from the top. So it should be that. One, sen- one or two sentence explaining what the campaign is. If you need any more descriptions underneath your specific deliverables, perfectly fine to say whether it's a print ad or an out of home or a, a social Or how this uh, uh, engagement piece works yes. a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think especially at the entry level, it's great for them to over-communicate because they can speak to their work more clearly and also when they're doing phone screens with creative directors and recruiters they've got the text right there yeah it's yeah. great talking points it's a for good them point. if yeah. they get nervous so um and depending on the campaign it's not going to be a full 360 degree campaign every time but you know it could be print ad out of home it could be a social campaign where you show the carousel of how the moving objects work or Mm -hmm. how you go you Mm -hmm. slide between the pictures it could be a website and you're showing a little video of the navigation of it i think is really great it's really great for entry-level creatives to know a little bit about video editing so that they can make their portfolios look even better and more interactive do you see a lot of uh, videos these days I will from certain schools yeah. that really emphasize brand videos. Miami ad school? Um, Not so much? Actually, VCU. Oh. Yeah. Mm. They do a lot of uh, brand brand videos. Mm. I like it in some cases. I don't like it for every campaign in your book. I, I still like to see for art directors and designers the print ads. Um, for copywriters, I still like to see the copy and the headline. I don't. I don't just want to see a video every single time. Yeah, you know that's so good to hear because I, I I have my students work on quote print ads. Yeah. And everybody would argue reasonably that print is dead, but it's the best way still. I think. Uh, see if you agree to to show an idea. Mm-hmm. And, and I know um, at McGarry Bowen, they call them adcepts instead of concepts. Okay. Uh, you know, okay, it's not a print ad. It's an adcept. This is, in fact, your visual and your headline for to show your elevator story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, the best way to exemplify that. So you still believe in, in seeing that kind of stuff in the work. Absolutely. In the book. Especially at that level. Yeah. Yeah. Any way that they can help to enhance their skills and to better understand advertising and for a copywriter, the importance of writing. For an art director, the importance of layout and hierarchy. Design Design. and hierarchy, yes. It's important. I know. I stress it. You know, you probably know with your students too, they want to go straight to the computer or straight to social and think of these six second 
ideas, but you still have to think more broader than that because it starts higher. Maybe it's broken down into a social ad or a print ad, um, but it, it can't just only be that. Yeah. yeah. You talk about writing. Um, it's interesting because I, I keep hearing from people that I've talked to um, that the seeming uh, a lack of good writing these days. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think that people have kind of gotten away from that because, one, they're thinking visually, which is good, uh, but... Um, they they you know the long copy ads are certainly gone Mm -hmm. but i hear that creative directors like to see longer copy to see you can write do you agree with that i'm not talking about long copy necessarily but showing that you can write yes i think for student portfolio it's great to have at least a couple of, of examples of that or if you write short stories or you took journalism classes, or you graduated with a journalism degree. I think it's great to include some of that in your book. Why not? Because today we consume information in such small snippets of, you know, text messages that um, we use abbreviations for most words yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, I think it's just important to have that foundation of good writing. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, so you get books, you look, you screen them online, mm-hmm. you find somebody that you think is interesting, mm-hmm. you pass the link on to the creative directors? I'll actually talk to the candidate first. Ah, okay. So I am the stop gate yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get into the, the agency. Yeah. So I'll do a phone screen with them first and you know, if I if I feel they have a lot of potential or I think they're a really great fit, I'll still give them pointers before I set them up with a creative director or a GCD. I think that's just helpful. And every GCD is a little bit different. They will ask different questions. So if I can help them it makes my job easier. Yeah, so do you cue them, them on uh, uh, that particular creative director or what they're... I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Interview prep, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so, th- so the first contact that they have with a creative director is, uh, okay, so you've screened somebody, mm-hmm. then you forward the link to the creative director, mm-hmm. and they show an interest or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I know from experience... Nobody has time to look at everything. And I always tell my students in the portfolios, it's like, you're here explaining it. You're not going to be there to explain it. And they don't have time to go through all of this. Yes. Uh, so it better be quick and believe. They're not going to look at all of it. They're going to no. look at the best couple of pieces that strike their eye. And you agree with that? Absolutely. You need to have your best favorite project first. And then you can follow it with your second strongest piece, your third strongest piece. Because, like you said, creative directors do not have time to look through everything, nor do they want to. You know, I I feel like even as a recruiter, even as a professor, you can see the potential in the first couple of campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so then the first contact with the creative director will be a phone interview? For the most part, yes, 
Mm. If the intern is local, we might have them come in mm. for a face-to-face, -face, but more often than not, it's going to be a phone screen to start. Uh, so talk about your um, the internship program there. Yeah. I think it's a really fun internship. This year, we are in the process of rebranding our internship for next summer. So I can't get into too much detail about what that will look like. But overall, it's a really great opportunity to experience what it's like to work in an advertising agency. What I mean by that is you are working on real client projects against real deadlines that other creatives are working on too. You are pairing up with an art director or copywriter, or if you're a design intern, you're working in the design group because they're very collaborative. And you are presenting your work to a creative director. And your ideas, a lot of them, will not move on to the next round. <laughs> and you have to get used to that rejection. And you will learn to flex those creative muscles even more. How many uh, uh, creatives are in generally in your program? In the summer internship, we have between five and six creative interns. It's okay. kind of small. Yeah, uh, particularly for the size of the agency. Mm -hmm. uh, how many applicants do you get for that? I think last year we had close to 1,000 applicants. Oh, wow. I was going to say 500, but 1,000 th for five positions. Yeah, yeah. That's not too competitive. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and uh, give me an idea from, just as an example, last summer, uh, where were they from? So we had a couple from University of Texas at Austin. We had um, someone from Chicago Portfolio School, another from the University of Florida. Oh. And I'm sorry, two from Chicago Portfolio School two from UT Austin, one from University of Florida, and the last one is escaping me. Uh, but so none from Miami Ad School. That's interesting. Miami Ad School is actually on a different schedule. So it, it doesn't work out with us as much to bring them on in the summer because they're not ready until July. This is the, pr I wanted to talk to you about this yeah. too. This is a bit of a problem for us that I'm tr working to try to solve is that we have Portfolio one in the fall, mm -hmm. portfolio two in the spring. So, the, and portfolio one, it takes them a few weeks to kind of get it. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the end of it, it's like, okay, I, I get this and the work's really changing. It's good. Um, then they go into portfolio two where they're really cooking with gas then, but the deadlines are yeah. upon them and they don't have finished books. So y are you saying that's similar to what Miami Ad School is in terms of, uh, you know, when they're finished? I don't remember how long Miami Ad School's program is. If I, it's... I think it's two years. Two years, okay. I mean, you can do less, but I think it's two years to okay. do the full thing. I, I just think, yeah, it's the timing. They're not even done with classes mm -hmm. until right before July. Yeah. So it's not so much about not having a book ready oh it's the timing of the classes it's the timing of oh, the classes yeah. our classes are finished by um early may it's okay. just it's it's getting the work done now do you only take graduates or you also take rising seniors that is juniors that are going to be seniors it depends so this past year we had one individual who was a rising senior and i think for this year 
I will only take grads for art directors and copywriters, and I'm open for the designer. Mm. Because it's hard for one partner to leave earlier if they have to go back to school. Yeah, yeah. It's tough for a copywriter and art director to work alone at that level. Yep, definitely. Speaking of partnerships, um, I've heard from some agencies, Leo Burnett in particular, uh, creative director of there that I know, uh, that they're getting away from the traditional art director, copywriter partnership, and mm-hmm. there's this this notion that, oh, the ideas can come from anywhere and we work as a team and all of that stuff. But yeah. is that r- r- model changing for you all or is it really, when it comes down to it, still the same? That's a good question. I, I think it depends on the individual. You know, one of our agencies, founding fathers, Bill Burnback, was known for putting together art yeah. directors and copywriters. Started so it. we still very much believe in that partnership now at times you might have a tripod you might have two copywriters that came up with a good idea but they still need a designer art director to help bring it to life but we still for the most part have art directors and copywriters working together now we might have some of the strategists come up with the creative idea right and they'll work with the creatives, but we haven't gotten to a point yet where we're just saying it's a free for all of yeah. where the ideas can come from. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that, frankly, and I want to talk to him more about how that's working because other places that I've talked to, it's like, no, we're still, we're still art and I, you know, certainly want to know that if it's changing mm-hmm. to prepare my students for it. So, um, yeah, uh, and. Uh, else was I was going to ask you something else was to ask you that um, yeah let me pause this for a second sure. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the summer mm-hmm. when the program's over and it's paid right yep it's okay. paid uh, and do they get a specific another use that they're working on real things do they get also because I know some other agencies do it a special project that they all work on together that they present at the end of the summer? is that great kinda? question they do yeah. so this past summer we had the interns broken up into two pairs so in total i think our intern group was 16 or 17 interns we broke them up into two teams and they rebranded our onboarding process from this after you get an offer letter what are the touch points of communication how does that look like Um, And then once you start, what is that welcome kit like? How will you be oriented with the agency and feel a a part of DDB? So, um, yeah, the the two teams came up with ideas for that. They presented it to the entire agency. And our leadership chose the the best idea. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the summer, uh, of those five that you had, how many of them were hired? One. Wow. And is that because they didn't fit or you just didn't have an opening? This year, it was because we didn't have openings at the time. Mm. So a couple of ways to get hired at the end of an internship is um, the best case scenario. There's a position open that someone can just convert from freelance intern to full-time employee. If we don't have a position open 
and this happened last fall we had a team that was just exceptional and they were almost working at a, a mid-level and we would have been remiss to let them go so we made the business case to make the investment to hire them um, if those two scenarios don't work out then the third option is potentially freelancing them if they are working on a project that is soon to be finished or soon to be produced. And if not, then the internship ends. You're able to put our agency on your resume and upload some work. And hopefully that propels you to get another job very quickly. Yeah. And and do you ever hire um, students fresh out of school, not in the not through the internship program, like mid-year? Not for creative. Yeah, that's what um. I thought. Yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> it's a tough business. You Absolutely. know, you, you either have to go through college, you might have to go to a portfolio school after that for a year or two, and then you'll be lucky if you get an internship. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, on those uh, thousand that you applicants that you had, mm-hmm. um, what percentage of them were really serious considerations? I, I can't imagine that all thousand were uh, great and it was hard to make a no. decision on. Yeah, there were probably at least a hundred that didn't have a portfolio that automatically disqualifies them. Mm. So I would say of candidates that we screened, so people that I spoke with, I would say it was probably 50 to 70 that I spoke with. And then of those that I turned over to GCDs to review and see if they're interested in and and interested in speaking to, probably was down to 20, 15 Mm. or 20. And from there we chose five. Wow. Yeah, I, I would have said those. I would have guessed those numbers. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the other than the hundred that didn't have portfolios, yeah. poor things. Uh, uh, the work for the others was just just not great. Yeah, for some people, they they may have had a portfolio, but they didn't have any mock campaigns. It was maybe just a couple of writing samples oh. or a couple of print ads or graphics that they had created, which again, kind of automatically disqualifies you because that's not the ask in the job description. Sure. Um, I would say of past the the 50 or 70 that I screened, there's maybe like a hundred that had pretty good work, but it's a very competitive space. And there are just other candidates that rose to the top that were in my mind at that time, more worthwhile speaking to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's tough. Uh, It used to be that agencies, they didn't have internship programs, and they, you know, they hired, and they went through uh, recruiters, like, you Mm -hmm. know, recruiter company like you were working for. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, in fact, that's how I got in the business, was through a recruiter that, you know, referred me to an agency, BBDO, in fact. Um, But that's not... It's not done anymore, and every agency I talk to says the same thing. Yeah, we don't hire Mm mid-year, which makes it difficult if you don't get uh, if you don't get on the uh, an internship and you've graduated. 
uh, th- now you're off the cycle. You've got to either wait for the. Do, do you ever uh, have students that have graduated? Let's say last May, mm-hmm. they didn't get into the internship thing. Could they apply for this year's internship? They've Absolutely. been out of school for a year. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I want to see what have you been doing in in yeah. in between. Are you working on improving your portfolio? Are you networking with creative directors and getting feedback on your book? Are you coming up with more campaigns? Did you decide to take a class somewhere that helped you with writing, like Second City? Or um, I think Chicago Portfolio School has a a quick several-week class you can take, or Creative Circus has a summer session. You know, what were you doing in that time between that improved your book from last May to right. this May. As opposed to just waiting tables. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you gotta you gotta make money. Yeah, well, yeah, for for sure. But I, I tell students who don't get on you know the internships and then they're kind of stuck that way, it's like, you know, don't give up. Apply for internships or go to yeah. portfolio school. You know, I try to prepare them, but you can always get, you know, better and I and I had a grad uh, in our first um, in our first graduate class, who mm-hmm. I thought had a really good book. She went to Chicago Portfolio School because she really wanted to just get that much better. And, yeah. Um, and I think she did. So, that's um, great. Yeah, I think that's a pre- pretty good school. Uh, are, are you, uh, what do you, are, have you seen any, you know, you can be honest here, have you seen any of our, our students' work or you have not? Called the I always see a couple trickle through. Mm. I remember last year, the year before, when I came to give a talk at one of your classes. I think I got a book or two. Oh, good. Um, t- talk about networking, importance of that, you know, in terms yeah. of getting together for coffee or yeah. LinkedIn or whatever other methods you recommend. It's very important for the main reason being that you're starting out your career. When you get hired as a junior, a lot of it is on personality and potential yes we're looking at your book but your book is not going to compare to somebody with 10 years of experience in the business so what else can you bring to the table at that point in your career and that is hard hard working um you know it's it's tenacity it's personability and i think that when you go out and you network with people who are more experienced and you learn about how they got into the business, how they have succeeded, and you're able to take these little bits of information from everybody and make yourself a better person and, in essence, more marketable to agencies, um, you'll be all the better for it. And also, networking is very important in our industry because it's a lot of hiring is done by word of mouth at the more experienced level. And when you create a relationship with somebody today, they may be at a different agency in three years and they're going to think of you first and they're going to reach out to you for a job. So that's why I think it's important for a a few of those reasons. Yeah, it is all about connections. Yeah. And I know it might be intimidating to reach out to people, but you will find more often than not, people are willing to help others 
and people love talking about themselves especially creatives so if you ask them to coffee and ask them to talk about themselves and their work yeah, and their work they will gladly do it yeah and yeah. that will cost you what five bucks to pay for a coffee more often than not they might pay for yours so yeah i mean it's just um it's really just having that interest in learning from others that people will respond to any don'ts Mm. <laughs> I don't have any that are I, I gotta think about that one obviously don't be an asshole don't be an asshole um, come back to that one for yeah me. okay I'll or do's any other do's that you know any other suggestions for uh, you know yeah. I've, I've seen students that have uh, in fact they've they've gotten jobs with it i'll call them gimmicks for lack of a better yes. word but little tchotchkes for the creatives or other little things do you find those things help to make you stand out sometimes yes sometimes no if you're just doing it because you feel like some of your colleagues are doing mm. it and you need to create something don't do it yeah if you have some type of hobby that you think would be unique to share and what i mean by that is it could be as simple as oh you make origami swans so you're going to add that in your little packet or um you know I, I remember when i first started working at fcb we had a candidate send us cakes which I love sweets. It was a nice gesture, but nobody wanted to eat it because they're like, where did this mm. come from? Also, why is somebody sending a cake to random people in an agency? It's weird. Um, <laughs> but if there's some way that you can personalize it to you, sure. But don't spend a lot of money. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Sometimes a, an email is all it takes. And don't just apply to an agency website and be done. Find the recruiter on LinkedIn, connect with them, send them a message, follow up with an email. Because like I mentioned, we had a thousand applicants last year for just the creative internship alone. I cannot get through all thousand. So there are, there are some of those that were never looked at. But if you sent me an email or you reached out to me on LinkedIn, I saw your book. Mm. Uh, you know, I have students that um, will reach out, yep. and then they'll come to me and say, you know, I, I, I wrote, and I didn't hear anything. It's been two weeks. You know, and they have a sense of, geez, I don't want to bother them or pester mm -hmm. them or whatever, and I always encourage them, do it, because mm -hmm. you're going to stand out. Do you ever get to the point where, okay, that's enough, you're pestering me, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> I would say do not reach out every single week. I've had people do that, and... A week is just not enough time for yeah. me to get through all my emails yeah. at times, especially during the applicant process. Um, reach out in three weeks and say, hey, I, I sent you my book. I haven't heard back. Just wondering if you had a chance to look at it yet. I'm really interested in this opportunity because not just can you please look at my book and give me feedback. Thanks. Because I'm not, you know, I don't have time to do that for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, and just one last thing. Uh, what's the uh, application opening date for uh, the internship, and when will you make decisions generally? We will open up the applications this December 9th. Oh. So on Monday. 
and we will close the applications by the end of February. We're gonna cut it a little shorter this year because looking at all the applicants that we had last year and the fact that I am one person and I wasn't able to get through everybody, we wanna give everybody a fair shot. Sure. So we'll keep it open for a couple of months and, and then decide. And then how long the decision process may be? You know, we will probably have everyone chosen by the first or second week of May. Oh, okay. And I leave that open a little bit just because you might have one person that drops out. Um, there are a couple of schools that don't have their portfolio reviews until a little bit later in the spring. So, again, making sure that we want to we see most students. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's it. That covers all. Thank you very much. This has been really helpful. Thank you so much, yeah. Bob. I thought of a don't. Yeah. So <laughs> this one has been happening quite a few times to me lately. Don't have your parents or your friends' parents reach out on your behalf. Um, this happened a couple of times recently where I actually had a parent reach out to me and say, hey, my child is very interested in opportunity with your agency and even my child's friend is interested in an opportunity with your agency can you please help them out or can i can i please send them your resume please send you their resume and what i did really want to reply <laughs> at that time was tell them to, cre to create a linkedin email me yourself uh, be an adult. Be an adult. Yeah, looking that's for a, a job. Surprise. Be an adult. Yeah, it's happened a few times. Wow. So I, I, you know, I know that there are. I get them. Uh, you know, so, somebody I used to work with. Hey, my son has just graduated from school. Will you look at his book? Will yeah. you that sort of thing. If they're in the business, that's a little bit different. But God, just parents coming out of left <laughs> field. That's <laughs> yeah. Wow. Looking out for their kids. Yeah, helicopters. Uh, okay, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been Getting a Foot in the Door, a podcast for Loyola University Chicago School of Communication Advertising students. I invite you to leave feedback at my Loyola email, racres at luc.edu, and join the conversation about this or other episodes in this podcast on Instagram and Facebook under Getting a Foot in the Door. I'm your host. Bob Akers, and I thank you for listening.